friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on this show to have conversations with all of the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to identify issues that affect credit unions and together have a discussion on some best practices so that we can all learn from one another and improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show is Taylor Wells, the Experience Director at On The Mark Strategies. Let's jump right into the conversation. Taylor, welcome to the show. Hey, Lauren. Thanks very much. Glad to be here. And and thanks uh, to you and to everyone there at the the CU Insight team for all the awesome work y'all do. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to get to chat with you today, but I'd like to start with a little bit of background on you. Most of us didn't really grow up thinking that someday we would get to work with credit unions. And so I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? Yeah, it's a great question. It is fairly disconnected from working with credit unions. Uh, I actually grew up in Midland, Texas and attended a lot of minor league baseball games when I was a kid, still do. But growing up, I wanted to be a baseball player more than anything. And it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that I had a passion for the game, but maybe not the skills for the game required at the professional get paid for it kind of level. So I grew up thinking I'd be a baseball player. I love what I do now, but I've got baseball in my blood. So I thought I would be a baseball player growing up. I love that. Do you get any rec baseball in these days? Yeah, a little bit of rec baseball, some co-ed softball. Actually, I have coached my younger daughter's uh, softball team I have since they were for T-ballers. So years and years. I'm able to stay involved on the on the coaching side, which is, you know, kind of playing vicariously through your kid, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So from baseball to credit unions, what was the inspiration to take the gig then as the experience director at On The Mark Strategies? Right. Well, when the baseball thing didn't pan out, and, and that was pretty quick into my teenage years, early teenage years, and then, of course, went through uh, high school and into college, I really kind of fell in love with, with journalism and broadcast journalism and worked for a while in, in radio doing broadcast news and sports. But my professional aspirations after that really came more into the, the marketing and, and branding side of things. So for a number of years, I worked in uh, my first credit union in, in San Angelo, Texas, way back in the mid-90s, and then actually came to work uh, at what was then Dallas Postal Credit Union in the late 90s with Mark Arnold as his marketing assistant. And we took the credit union through a a name change, logo change, brand change, just about every kind of change you can go through into what is now Neighborhood Credit Union. Worked there for a couple of years, spent a number of years after that uh, at other credit unions of various sizes uh, across Texas uh, in marketing and and branding roles. But bringing it back around to uh, my current role here as Experience Director with On The Mark Strategies, it's been a little over 10 years ago that I have been with the company. The company was growing rapidly and I was able to reconnect with Mark. He was looking for someone to help him continue to grow the company. So it was 10 years ago, last October, that he made the call and I was looking for a career change and he was looking to grow his team. And it just worked out very, very naturally for both of us to uh, kind of come back together and, and get the band back together, so to speak. That is amazing. I love to hear that. It's always great to work with someone you you know and, and have worked well with before. Well, let's say that you are at a conference, and these days it sounds like we might even get to go to more of them than we had the last couple of years, but maybe you and I will run into one another at one soon. But what's an elevator pitch you would give somebody at a conference on what On The Mark Strategies is and where you add value to credit unions? Yeah, it's a cool question. And we ask ourselves that very question, you know, what is our brand identity? What makes us different, unique, and special? And we really feel that that as a team, we guide credit unions, you can say partner with that kind of thing. But we really feel like we we help guide credit unions. We come alongside them and help them with things like their strategy, their strategic planning, their branding, their member experience, organizational health, things like that. 
ultimately so credit unions can succeed. One of the really cool things about our team at On The Mark Strategies is we've got a ton of people with years and years of credit union experience. If you if you cut us, we'll bleed credit union blood. We truly believe in this industry and how vital it is for consumers in America today. So we're very much into helping uh, credit unions thrive and, and succeed in this competitive environment. And another way that we like to, to differentiate is by our values. And we have some internal core values that are very important to us. We call ours the three E's. We're all about engaging with credit unions when we're working with them on on whatever project it is, if it's branding or member experience. We're very big on the education portion, obviously, making sure staff understands what they're learning, what we're talking about. But a really important part of that mix is the 30, and that's entertain. We think one of the best ways that people learn uh, new information is when they're having fun at the same time. So far from being, you know, stodgy, professorial type folks that show up and, and just speak from the mountaintop, we, we try and entertain, we try and have fun, slip the knowledge and information in that way. Because again, we really believe that people learn best when they're laid back and having a good time. I could not agree with you more. That is such a great philosophy to have. And as we kind of dive in here, I want to start with a topic that I know is really important to our listeners and to you, which is member experience. You mentioned that. I wonder if you could share how on-the-mark strategies can really support credit unions with ensuring maybe what you call a customized, authentic, and consistent member experience and, and even employee experience. Yeah, that's a vital question for, for credit unions in this day and age, the the overall member experience. And, and that's something that I certainly specialize in in my role and, and we all do, but in working with credit unions on their, their member experience or what you might call in the larger retail world, the consumer experience. But for credit unions, the member experience, we come alongside credit unions and help them identify what their member experience actually is. And that's sometimes quite a surprise to credit unions when you know the, the data is revealed. We, we do a lot of work on surveys of the board, of members, of uh, staff, some demographic work, all kinds of questions to get a feel for what the actual you know member experience is. What is it like when a member walks into one of your physical branch locations? What's it like when they call? What's it like in the drive-thru? What's it like on chat? All those points of contact come into play. And then we set aside, usually it's a day and a half, right at two days sometimes, a member experience workshop where the credit union has gotten a team of people together uh, and we actually kind of hash out okay, now we know what the experience is. What do we want it to be? For example, what kind of steps do we want to go through with every member every time? Uh, and that involves you know, some structure, some steps are involved there potentially. It could also involve some degree of brand language, you know, uh, just to make sure that everything, as you said earlier, is consistent. You want your member experience to be consistent at all touch points. So they're not getting one experience at one branch, but a different experience at another branch or a different experience when they call it. It has to be consistent across the board. The framework of a great member experience is also very empowering for employees because it gives them a roadmap. It gives them a, you know, a foundation. Hey, I know the steps I'm going to go through and that small degree of brand language potentially that we're going to use with every member every time. We're not robots with this where we're absolutely you know, going to be ourselves and inject our personalities into it. But being, again, having that customized and very authentic to your brand and consistent member experience is critical if credit unions are going to stand out, if they're going to differentiate, and ultimately, if they're going to give their consumers, their members, a reason to choose them. Wow. Well, that is so, so interesting to hear about some of the work that you're doing. And even those workshops with the team, I think we can't overstate the importance of kind of coming together and thinking about what that member experience is. Talk to me, too, about... 
the back office staff? You know, I know a lot of times there can be maybe some tension between the front office and the back office, or sometimes the back office could feel maybe even a little left out. Back office, they'll play such a critical role. So how do you ensure that the back office staff of a credit union can really buy in, know that they play that critical role? And how does that all factor into member experience? Yeah, you absolutely nailed it. And, and I hear it described different ways at different credit unions, back office operations support, you know, as as compared to, you know, frontline member facing things like that. A great member experience is going to be holistic. And we make sure the credit unions know upfront, hey, this involves everybody. Your member experience really doesn't care which branch you work at, what your official title is. The member experience is for everyone from the CEO on out. And you're correct. At a number of credit unions, there is kind of a disconnect there between the role that uh, back office support people play and the more member-facing teammates play. And one of the things that we really focus on and concentrate on with member experience training is that those back office folks fully understand, hey, this is for me. This is every bit for me to learn and, and to live as it is my member-facing teammates. Uh, and we use different analogies and ways to try and help them visualize that. One that's fairly easy to use is, is the chain, you know, the links in a chain. So you may have a chain that has four or five links, and the first four or five of those links might be, you know, a back office person that's working on a challenge. But ultimately, the end link is going to be that member-facing teammate and the end user, the member. So there, there are different comparisons and analogies that we use just to make sure the back office folks understand that they're totally invested in this. We also take them through role plays to show them how they will be involved that no matter how back office you may be, you know, if you're in IT or collections or whatever, no matter back office you may think you are, eventually there's going to come a time when you'll be in a member facing area. You really need to know what the member experience is, the steps, the language, all that good stuff. So bringing uh, back office support teammates on board is a critical component of having a, a very sound and uh, successful member experience. That is such great information. And I'd love to touch a bit more too on the employee side and, and the challenges that a lot of credit unions are facing around hiring and retention right now, the importance of your people. And, and I'm curious what opportunities you see for credit unions in the employee hiring, growth and retention side. That's a very vital question as well, and also topical. You know, I spend a lot of time uh, on site with credit unions, and and when I'm not going through the trainings with with employees, I'll, I'll spend time, you know, during lunches or on breaks, and and visiting with with key folks at credit unions, like the folks uh, in HR that are going through the hiring, the folks in training, the folks in marketing, and uh, pretty much every single credit union that I have I've worked with uh, the last couple of two or three years with the economic challenges we're going through, they've mentioned you know hiring being a challenge as well as growth and retention. So some key things that I visit with folks about and, and some information that I try to share is I think credit unions have to look outside of just the, the traditional areas that we have searched for employees in the past. And there's a lot of, of sharing and swapping of employees from credit union to credit union and to use the B word banks, you know, coming in from banks. It's terrific that you have folks that have those skill sets, but what credit unions have to do is be more open to looking outside the world of financial institutions into a larger retail world where you might have some awesome people with great outgoing personalities that can totally connect with other folks, in this case, members and teammates. I would much rather, and this is, you've heard this before, I, you know, you hire for attitude and then train for skills. I would love to have someone that, you know, comes on board with that awesome, outgoing, gregarious personality that buys into this member experience that we talked about earlier. And we can train them to do anything, right? We can train them to balance the drawer at the end of the day or whatever the function is, but, but high 
hiring for attitude is so important. I also, I think credit unions could do a little bit of a better job in hiring internally. You know, when a, a position opens up or a position is created, you know, look internally first, look to see what kind of great people you have there. And maybe that person, maybe it's not a, a move up the tree, so to speak, if it's more of a lateral move, but look to, to hire internally. And a big part of what you mentioned, retention, I think comes from uh, a stronger retention comes from every credit union looking at their employee recognition, really from a generational perspective. There are certain things that motivate people generationally. You know, myself, like a Gen Xer and, and, and baby boomer, certainly a bit more motivated by traditional things like, uh, you know, pay increases and things like that. Younger workers, millennials and, and Gen Z, as more and more of those come online, they're motivated by different things in the workplace environment, praise and recognition and opportunities to move up and advance. So I think if credit unions, as far as retention goes, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about wanting to earn and keep awesome members. We also have to have the same philosophy about staff. We want to earn and keep awesome teammates and certainly, you know, turnover costs are high. When you have great retention, uh, that helps with the turnover costs and in training time. But I think credit unions just have to, to look at it from a generational perspective and what motivates people of different generations, uh, what makes them not just satisfied at work, but what makes them identify emotionally with what they do at the credit union uh, and move forward from there. Thanks for those insights. I know that everybody listening today is going to find a lot of value in that. And our people are so important. One other thing I'd like to pick your brain about a little bit is community involvement. You know, this is, of course, a, a central focus for the credit union industry. And the benefits of community involvement are, are really clear and substantial for the communities themselves. But even from a business perspective for credit unions, I'm, I wonder if you could share with us the brand and the ROI benefits they can really experience on top of that positive personal impact that everyone feels when they're involved in the community. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I've learned so much about in, in my 20 plus years working inside and now alongside credit unions. And I still learn about it to this day. I remember very vividly, you know, working as a credit union marketer and, you know, credit unions, they're, they're great places. We want to help every every person, every charitable organization, every event. But early on in my career inside credit unions, you know, I found myself uh, trying to be all things to all people. So, you know, sure, cut a $50 check to this event or, you know, 50 bucks to have a, an ad in this program. Nothing wrong with the, the sentiment behind that. But the challenge is you water yourself down with your limited funds, you know, for community involvement and charities and things like that. We want to be all things to all people, which again is terrific. But if you go that route, you're just going to have little impact as far as coming back to the ROI and, and, and your brand impact. And I think one way that credit unions can maybe realign their thinking a little bit there is to focus their community involvement, the things that they do choose uh, to invest their, their time and their money and their people in. Focus it and align it more with your brand. What is your brand all about? What are your brand values? And, and also your target audiences from a marketing perspective. Who are your targets? Who are the people that you are trying to reach and align your investment in community with those target audiences? And I think that's a different way for credit unions to look at it as compared to before. It can mean somewhat you know, narrowing the funnel a little bit uh, in what you do with your community uh, involvement dollars and, and, and things like that. But I think if it's more aligned with your brand, more aligned with your culture, more aligned with your target audiences, it really will have more of a return on investment for your brand and a return on investment for the for the dollars uh, that you put into it. Thanks for that insight. That the idea of not watering down that investment is so critical. I have not heard it put that way before, and I love that. 
As we kind of look at the future too, I know On The Mark Strategies is a really innovative company. And from your perspective as a leader, you know, we've seen so much disruption in financial services over the last few years. What overall trends are you seeing for maybe the future of financial services? And where is your focus at On The Mark Strategies when it comes to innovating to meet some of these upcoming challenges? That's a terrific question. And I get that from credit unions on site all the time. I think there, there are four key things. Now, obviously, there's a ton of them. But if I was to try and narrow it down to, say, four key things, credit unions, especially in the last three years with the pandemic and, and the economic challenges, they're looking more and more at, at maybe changing up how they do strategic planning just a little bit. And, and having a, a realistic and actionable strategic plan that, that really will benefit the credit union. Uh, the strategic plan is, is certainly no longer something that, you know, we just get together over a weekend retreat and we, we make a glorified to-do list and then it sits in a desk drawer for a year. Credit unions, I think, now are looking more and more for what I would call realistic and actionable strategic plans. And that's one of the things that we're delighted to do with credit unions is, is partner with them and facilitating strategic planning sessions. Another big one that I hear credit unions talking about more and more is just overall organizational health. You know, how well do the teammates at a credit union interact with each other? And we're not just talking about at the board level or the C-suite level. Uh, it's all staff. How, how well do they know each other? How well do they interact? And how that generates, a, to, it all goes back to, it's all one big circle, how that generates a, an even better member experience. So we work more and more with credit unions on their organizational health. I think the third one that I hear a lot about and talk a lot about, especially with, with my roots in credit union marketing, is you know just how effective is our marketing? How good is our marketing at reaching the people that we want it to reach? What's the return on it? You know, Just overall, how effective is our marketing? And one thing that we do with a lot of credit unions is what we call a marketing assessment, where we come in, again, with uh, a lot of our team members internally at On The Mark Strategies, having tons and tons of credit union experience, we look at a credit union's marketing material. Certainly, you know, the traditional things, print and billboard broadcast, but we also look strongly at the digital side and we'll give an honest assessment about, hey, you know, is this working? Is it reaching the audience you want to? Uh, that kind of thing. We take a look at, at the overall marketing budget to make sure it's in alignment with the brand and the values. Uh, and there's also a lot of work that goes with interviewing uh, credit union teammates as, as well as, as board members, leadership team members, and the members themselves, just to ask them about the, the effectiveness of the marketing. So that marketing assessment, I think, really empowers credit unions and especially credit union marketing professionals with information they might not have had before. I know looking back 20 years at my first credit union job, uh, I would have loved to have had a, a marketing assessment, that, that, that invaluable outside look at, at what I was doing at the time. And, and then I think lastly is, again, that overall member experience. It, it is such an important element of this mix of having a growing and, and thriving credit union in such a competitive environment. We have got to find ways to stand out. We have to differentiate. We have to matter to people. One way that I heard it put, retail organizations that ultimately go extinct, uh, they were probably irrelevant a long time before they were insolvent, which is just a fancy way of saying they didn't matter to people for years, right? Probably before they actually closed the doors and went out of business. So credit unions, I, have, I think they have to look at this relevancy question. Are we relevant to people? Are we memorable? Does our member experience provide that kind of an overall feel for our members and the potential members, the people that we, you know, will, will grow from the community? So member experience is just a critical part of that. Wow, you have 
pointed out so many things that I think credit unions are kind of staying up at night thinking about and, and weaving into their strategic planning. I especially love the concept of making sure that our strategic plans are actionable. You know, I, I sometimes laugh as at when 10, 15 years ago, it was like at the five-year plan. And now we're lucky if the one-year plan, you know, with all of the things changing is still relevant. So thank you so much for those. I think we could talk forever about member experience and marketing and the future of credit unions. But as we wrap up the show, I'd like to have some fun with some rapid fire questions with you to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. So we said the questions are rapid, but your answers don't have to be. You ready? I am ready. All right, let's dive in. What is a recent purchase that you didn't know you needed that you cannot live without? <laughs> that, that's a good question. And I chuckle because it, it's really relevant for me right now. I'll use an outside the industry example. And I like this because very often in, in trading with credit unions, I'll use outside the industry examples to help make a point with brand or experience or whatever. So growing up here and living here in Texas, I love hats. I love caps. I always have. I've always been a hat person. And generally here in, in Texas, that's meant for me, you know, a Stetson or, or a baseball cap. A couple, two or three months ago, I just came across online uh, a company, and this is my outside the industry example, Boston Scally Company. They sell the old-fashioned Scally caps. I've never owned one, never knew I needed one, like you mentioned <laughs> in the question, but I just I fell in love with the way it looked. They do a terrific job online with their fan base and keeping them engaged, and they do a really amazing job of, of convincing me about once or twice a month, yes, I need another $50 hat, you know? <laughs> They don't have room on the wall anymore, but I think it also goes to show that even somebody that you know ha has been directly involved in marketing or brand or experience for like 20 plus years, we're not immune to this. I'm not immune to this. If there's an awesome experience to be had, then people will pony up and, and buy that product or in our case, be a part of that credit union. So yeah, it, it's, it's caps all day long and I'm, I'm probably going to have to add a wall for more caps eventually. That is so funny. I love that. You'll have to have all of your rooms just covered in hats eventually. <laughs> all right. When you hear the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind for you and why? The first person that pops into my head when I hear the word success and I think about what success means to me is probably Michael Jordan. As far as I'm concerned, the greatest of all time in basketball. Now, uh, sometimes generationally, I'll have some pushback and people will say, what about LeBron? I'll say, LeBron who? I don't know who you're talking about. I, I Again, I'm a Gen Xer. I grew up watching Michael Jordan. And when I think about success, I think about Michael Jordan. I think about a quote, a particular quote from Michael Jordan. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he talked about the, the number of games that he actually lost in his career. He talked about the number of shots that he missed. He talked about failures. But the last part of the quote, I remember very specifically, he said, I have failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. And I just love that approach to looking at success. It's one of those kind of a, like a 180 flip from what I thought about success. Really, I have to fail over and over and over again. And that's why I succeed. But yeah, I think that ultimately, when I look back at, at my career, I've learned more from those failures from the successes. And the successes are great. I mean, those are, are you work hard for them, you earn them. But I have learned more from my failures as well and, and, and grown and, and evolved from them. So I love Jordan as an example of success, in particular to that quote from him. Wow, what a great lesson for all of us from one of the greatest of all time. I love that. All right, random question for you. What are you listening to most these days? Is it music? Is it a podcast? Is it on Spotify? What is it? 
I do listen to a few podcasts. It's primarily music. I'm a music lover. My tastes are all over the board. And I, I kind of change seasonally. So it's a, a good <laughs> question. You know, we're moving into spring. Things are warming up. For some reason, this spring has felt like 70s hard rock to me. I, I can't tell you why. It's just something that that happens. So if it's something I've already downloaded or, uh, you know, Apple Music, I'm doing a lot of 70s hard rock now. I don't know, Bad Company, Deep Purple, some old Aerosmith. It just feels like spring music to me for some reason. Wonderful. I love that. All right. Any books that you have gifted or you think just everyone should read? Yeah. Yeah. Just recently, I really did a deep dive into a book. It's, it's called The Happiness Advantage. Author is uh, Sean, I believe his last name is pronounced Acker. It's spelled A-C-H-O-R, but The Happiness Advantage. Uh, it's all about funneling you know, from, from pessimism to positivity and how that can fuel you professionally and personally. And I'm a big believer in an overlap there. Generally, what, what benefits you on the uh, personal side is going to uh, benefit you on the professional side. Uh, I always try and read something on you know the professional development side, like a book like that, The Happiness Advantage. So I strongly recommend that. But at the same time, I'm, I'm reading you know personally as well. So if I was to add another to the list, I would say if you have not read uh, Lonesome Dove by Larry McMurtry, you've got to get a copy of Lonesome Dove. It's not only the greatest Western ever written, I believe it's the greatest American novel ever written. Wow. Well, I, I love even from the happiness advantage side that really comes full circle in your comments earlier about hiring for attitude. So really, really great. We will link to both of those books here for all of our listeners today in the show notes. The calendar is empty. What do you do to unwind outside of work? Oh, I love it. The calendar is empty. <laughs> uh, those are great days, right? So the calendar is empty. What do I do to unwind outside of work? Obviously, time with, with my wife uh, and my children is absolutely precious to me, especially as as my kids get older every year, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm squeezing in as much time with them as I possibly can. I, it also probably involves a whole lot of, of Braves baseball. I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan, have been for, for 30 plus years now. So I'm really jazzed up about my defending world champion, Atlanta Braves. I love to fish. So when I can get out and go fishing and and I guess one of my guilty pleasures, my vices, I do enjoy a good cigar. So, you know what, if I can combine listening to the Braves on the, on the radio uh, with a cigar and maybe fishing at the same time, that'd be the perfect way for me to unwind right there. Amazing. We'll, we'll have to hook you up with John Pettit, our uh, managing editor, who's also a big Braves fan. <laughs> if you're ever in the South Carolina area, I'm sure he'd love to watch a game with you. Well, we are going to link to everything we talked about today in the show notes. But my last question for you today is, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners? Yeah, thanks, Lauren. That is, again, a, a terrific way to kind of wrap this up. I guess I, I would ask a question of the listeners today. And the question I would ask is this. Do you, if you're sitting there and, and you're a credit union professional, do you really know what your members think about your credit union? Do you really know what the experience is like for them. Do you know what it's like when they walk into a branch? Do you know what it's like when they call your contact center? Do you know what it's like in the drive-through? Do you know what their perception is of your experience? I've heard it put this way, and I think it's pretty telling. Your brand, your experience is really what people say about you when you're not in the room. So unless you really, really know what your member experience is, I would encourage credit unions to ask that question of themselves and then go out there and, and find the answers. And again, that's something that we, we're proud to partner with tons of credit unions and helping them discover. Uh, but do you really know what your member experience is? Do you really know what they think about you? And ultimately, can you afford not to know? 
What a perfect way to wrap up the show today. Such a great question. And for all of those credit unions out there who are saying to themselves, yes, actually, I do. I do want to know. I, I want to know more. We will link to some contact information for On The Mark Strategies for Taylor and his team so you can get connected to them as well. Thank you again, Taylor, for being on the show today. Stay well. And to all of our listeners, thanks for tuning into the C1 Site Network podcast. We'll be back again next time. 